find us laughing, playing, and talking. You'll find us hurting, lying, fighting, and crying. You'll find us in homes, in schools, and in malls. You'll find us in parks, on the streets, and in churches. We are your children. We are your children. We are your children. We are your children. Your youth and your responsibility. The call of the world continues to weaken the influence of our families and the church over us. It's becoming harder and harder for us to hear the message of God's love. The time is right for an emphasis on the children and youth of this world. We need a church that will minister to us and incorporate us into the church family. We need to know we matter. We need to know that we are loved. We need to know that life has a purpose. We are disciples in training, not disciples in waiting. Please don't underestimate us. We are the church of today and the church of the future. But you are in danger of losing us. You're losing us. You are losing us. You are losing us. You're 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 losing us. We are within your grasp. Will you do what it takes to reach us? Will you teach us how to live? You can help change our lives. Please take the time to share Christ with us. Because in 10 years, I will be 20. In 10 years, I'll be 15. I'll be 19. 20. 21. 22. 21. 17. I'll be 18. I'll be 15. The question is. The question is. The question is. The question. The question. The question is. The question is. The question. The question is. The question is. In ten years, will it be too late?
from the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command to you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Alright, here's the thing. I'm talking a lot about children this morning, but when you just use a term like children, it's really general, it's really vague, it can really be absolutely meaningless. So, what I want, for those of you who are still seated, okay, now I'm going to have everybody stare at you. If you're still seated, I want you to look around this room, and I want you to look at the faces of those who are still standing. And for, for the next hour, whenever I say children, don't think of some nebulous, uh, unseen group. I want you to see these faces, because when I say children, this is what I'm talking about this morning. Okay, I still see a lot of people looking at me. Look at them, because they're what matters this morning. All right, thank y'all. Y'all can have a seat. Thanks. That was a really good job. You guys stood like nobody's business. Um, generally, when we run this promo video, uh, you're going to get hit up to, uh, to to step up and sign up for Kids World. And, uh, and, uh, and I would absolutely encourage every, every single one of you who remained seated this morning, sign up for Kids World. You know, sign up for once every three months. And you know what? We always say sign up for once every three months, and that's only like four times a year. But you know what? Technically, nothing happens at church during the summer. So realistically, it's more like three, three and a half times a year. You can afford a half hour three times a year in your year. Cool? So absolutely, I, I hope there's a stampede of people running to see Carrie after church to sign up for Kids World. But Kids World is not what we're talking about this morning. <clears throat> talking about the chidgens. Because I believe the children are our future. <laughs> I believe we must teach them well and let them lead the way. Four people right there. <laughs> wow, I'm old. Or not old enough. There's a, there's a very definite window right there. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, come see me afterwards. Uh, better yet, come see me next Sunday when we'll be celebrating Decade Day. Um, dressing your favorite attire of your favorite decade. And as I've said before, if it's not the 80s, you totally misunderstand the whole concept. <laughs> Talking about children this morning. And the fact of the matter is, at some point in time, depending on their age, you saw those kids, you know, I'm five years old, in 10 years I'll be 15. In 10 years I'll be 20. In 10 years, there is a good chance a large percentage of the children we just saw amongst us this morning 
will not be in church anymore. And, and for the last several years, for the last several decades, I mean, it's not new. This has been an ongoing problem. Children reach, reach young adulthood. They reach their late teens and they disappear from the church. And the church wrings their, their, their hands and they clutch their pearls. And they, they, they go after all the ills of the world and the culture and, and the, uh, you know, the, the atheism of our society and the humanism of college professors. And we find all these great reasons why we're losing our youth. And I'm going to tell you right now, none of them are responsible for the church losing its future. The church is responsible for losing its future. And dare I say, some of us here this morning will be responsible for the church losing its future. And, and fortunately, we know this here. We are aware of this. We, we realized this was a problem long before uh, actual researchers, actual social scientists started doing the research on this. We, uh, because I, because Tracy, because Karen, because many of us had come from a place working with youth, we saw the problem as it was developing. Um, for years, I was part of the problem. And the problem is, for, for a long time, churches had really great children's programs. And, and that sounds dumb, it sounds counterintuitive, but go with me here. <coughs> In many places, and, 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 and I'm not even talking about Alaska, I'm talking about like other places where they have really big congregations and really big buildings and you drive up to the church and there's like the children's building over there. I'm talking like highly structured, highly effective churches with highly effective children's programs. You could pull your car into the parking lot at 845 to show up for um, a little anachronism here. Some places celebrate this thing called Sunday school. Um, praise God, some of us have been enlightened. Um, but you can show up at 845. Parents go this way for adult Sunday school. Children go this way for children's Sunday school. And you could effectively spend your entire morning without ever seeing your children. Because your children would go over here, they'd go to Sunday school for an hour, and then there'd be a little break, and then they would go right into children's church. And we look at that and go, that's genius. Kids are being, being ministered to in, in their own way, and they're being ministered to in, uh, in, in a way that they understand, and they're being ministered to with with flannel boards. Uh, I don't know what those are because I didn't grow up in church. So there's a whole part of, you know, a lot of times somebody will spontaneously break into like an old-timey hymn or a children's song that everybody seems to know and I'm going, I don't know what this is. Uh, my entire uh, childhood exposure 
to uh, to anything God related was uh, anybody remember Davy and Goliath? Yeah. The little weird stop motion claymation kid and the dog. Yeah. That was it. Kids, this was Veggie Tales before Veggie Tales was Veggie Tales. <laughs> and so we send our kids off, and we do this through kindergarten, through first grade, through fifth grade, all the way up through junior high, and then something miraculous happens. They graduate to youth group, which is essentially the same things, but now there's stupid, gross games involved. And they have a great time, and everything's cool, and everything's awesome, and the church is ministering to its young people. And then they turn 17, or 18, and they graduate from high school. And they no longer have a place in youth ministry. So what happens to our children then? They go to church. And that is where we lose our children. And I know this because it came that far away. From happening to me. Barring what until like 20 minutes ago, I did not realize was probably the first miracle I ever personally experienced. See, I got saved when I was 18 years old. Just graduated from high school. No, no church background, no established church attendance, no church relationships. I got saved at 18. And so I started going to youth group, because it was during the summer, so it was cool. And actually, Karen and Tracy were my first youth group teachers. Oh. Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Right up until the point where mid-September, one of them, I can't remember who, took me aside and said, bro. You know, they, they didn't say bro, because bro wasn't the thing. <laughs> um, they said, look, uh, you're 18 years old, you're graduating from high school, you're going to college now, you're too old to be in youth group. And specifically, it was it was this, this thing I mentioned earlier, Sunday school. You're too old to be in 11th and 12th grade Sunday school. Alright, cool, cool, cool. Um, what do I do? And it turned and they pointed this mysterious hall. It was dim. It was dead. <laughs> it had fluorescent lights that, that didn't seem to, you know, they, they flickered. Yeah, straight up horror story stuff. And they're like, next week, you need to go down that hall. <laughs> and you need to look for the room marked single. I showed up next week. Uh, let's see. Sunday school started at 10, so I probably showed up at like 10.03, because that's how I do. And uh, 
I walked down the dark, mysterious hall, not having seen enough horror movies to recognize the signs. And I walked into the room. It, it took a lot of years of therapy to, to get these memories back. Because there was this like mental wall. 18 years old, I go into this room. I guarantee, and you know what, there's this thing about memory, you know, kind of like 30 years ago. Um, so, you know, over that course of time, memories warp a little bit. But I guarantee, I walk into this room, I am the youngest person in this room by good 10 years. <laughs> and the only one of my age group. And, and I don't remember, I don't remember, and, and, and a lot, a lot of, I was the youngest one by a good 10 years, and the next oldest one was like the second youngest one, probably by a good 10 years, and there were lots of cold, angry, bitter people in this room, and that's all I remember. I don't know what happened for the next hour. I'm afraid some night I'm going to have a nightmare, and that hour is going to come back to me, and I'll never be the same. But I came out of that room knowing one thing for certain. As God is my witness, I will never go back there again. And I didn't. Now, here's where the first miracle in my life comes in. Like so many children since that day, like so many young people, even now, even today, I could have chosen to simply not go back. And in retrospect, up until, like I said, like 25 minutes ago, I had, it had never dawned on me what happened in that moment. It never dawned on me that the logical step would have just been to stop showing up. And the illogical step would be to drive myself to the church office at 10 o'clock Monday morning and go staggering in, still completely un unresolved from, from the previous day, still in the grip of this horror that had taken place. And stagger in and say to, I don't know who, because 30 years ago. But essentially I said, look, I can't go back there. There must be something else. And it just so happened that there was this guy named Mike, who, I mean, I, and again, you know, memory's a weird thing. But I swear, as I was coming into the office... The door to the pastor's office was opening, and he was coming out. Like, like, kismet, man, like fate, like the strings and strains of the universe all lined up in that moment. And I was like, I can't go back there. There must be something else I can do. And he turned, and he looked at me, and he said, you can come teach 7th and 8th grade boys with me. I, I was so traumatized. <laughs> Teaching 7th and 8th grade boys Sunday school seemed like a good idea. <laughs> and for me, it was. To see, in that moment, that whatever happened in me, whatever, whatever fork in the road caused me 
to come back and say that there must be something else for me instead of just stop showing up. That was a moment that sort of defined my life for the next 30 years. And I look back down that road and I can see all these moments in my life that have led me to where I am right now. And most of them stem off from that one moment. But that's a rare story and it doesn't happen all the time. And see, here's the problem. Here's your problem, church. Here's what happens. We know this. We're aware enough of this here at Christ Community Church that we don't send our kids off as soon as they show up in the morning. We have them come and join us and be part of worship with us. And as much as possible, we take our older kids starting in sixth grade, seventh grade, and we try to find ways for them to serve in the church through the tech team, through, through the worship team. Because we know, because we're aware. But so many times, what our churches do is they take our little ones and they teach them how to be good Sunday school members. And then when they're done with that, we teach them how to be good youth group members. And then when we're done with that, we cut them loose and expect them to figure out what comes next. Because at 18 years old, and at 18, man, high school graduation, that is your cutoff point. You have a window of about two months after that, but that is when the crack opens wide, and those who are going to fall through, fall through right there. Because either they graduate out of your youth ministry, and they don't have a place, or they go off to college, and they don't know how to find a place. Because what we have effectively done over the course of 15 years of their lives is we've taught them to be consumers of a program, but we've never taught them to be the church. They show up at adult church, and they look at it, and they go, this is not mine. This is not me. I don't know these people. These people don't know me. I spent a good almost 10 years in a youth ministry where I guarantee you most of the church did not know the names of any youth who was not a consistent screw-up. You know, the guy that was always breaking up and laughing and being disruptive during the service. Did you just say? That's exactly the picture I had in my mind. <laughs> But if you weren't a mess up, if you weren't causing problems, nobody knew who you were. And then we expect them to go and join a worship service. We've never taught them how to be part of the church. We've never taught them how to serve the church. We've never taught them how to worship with the church. We just kick them out the one door, boof. All right, this is what you do now. And 99% of them go, I'm just not going back. These are our children. And again, church, this morning, when I say children, don't picture some void, nebulous group out there. Picture the faces of those you just saw standing here this morning. Because some of those, you have a handful of years to do something that causes them to continue to be part of the church before they just walk away. 
And, and in the best case, they walk away for 10, for 20 years. And then there comes a point where maybe they have children and they think, you know what, it, it seems like church was good for me as a child and so I'm going to go back for my child. But that's 10. That's 20 years of living a life on their own in the world without the ministry of the church. <coughs> that's the best case. In the worst case, we abandon them to the world, to all those influences we say are the problem. They're not the problem. They're the scavengers. They're out there picking off the dead. And the dead are dead because we did not lead them into life. See, there comes a point, and for some of you purists here, let me just point out. In the Bible, this thing here, all these pages, contents to maps. I don't want to hurt you, but there's not a single mention of Sunday school. Everybody okay? My, my heart started beating a little faster just saying it. See, Sunday school was not the primary way children learned about living life with God. And this morning, when I read those words, teach these things to your children, it was not teach these things to your children in Sunday school. In children's ministry, in kids' world, it was you, people of God. Just as some caring, compassionate adult taught these things unto you, so you must do to these children. And that one I read was from Moses. And that was Moses' instruction to Israel, to the children of God. David, hundreds of years later, writes something similar in Psalm 78. Several many hundred years later, Jesus himself will say, let the children come unto me. If we want the children to come unto Jesus, somebody has to show them how to get there. And by someone, I mean you. I mean me. I mean us. And you know, some of the most successful disciple-making churches, making disciples of young people, teaching children to live as godly followers of Jesus Christ, are churches that have no children's ministry and no youth ministry. They are churches where the life of the church is children, and teens, and young adults, and middle-aged adults, and middle-er, middle-er adults, living and sharing life together. 
Let me break it down for you. Anybody remember having big family meals at the holidays? <laughs> Some of you know where I'm going. There was prime seating and not prime seating. There was the table that looked straight up like the banquet tables in Harry Potter. Right? Then there was what? The kids' table. Or maybe tables. What every, what, whatever terrible, horrible, broken down, one leg shorter than all the others card table you, you dig out in the basement or garage and you kind of throw a plastic tablecloth over it and you're not supposed to know it's terrible? It wasn't terrible. It was awesome. Because if you, as a kid, were sitting there, it was cool. Because parents were up there and you were sitting over here and you were having a great time. <laughs> but then there came a day. You, my son, you are no longer a child. Come forth and eat at the grown-up table. <laughs> One of the most horrifying, traumatizing moments in childhood. Because you get to the adult table, and you don't know what to do there. You don't know how to act. You don't know why the, the tableware is not made of plastic anymore. And like, Uncle What's-His-Head across the table like wants to talk to you, but he doesn't know kid speak, so he's asking you adulty questions, and you're like, are we done yet? I don't want to be here. See, in, in that, it's funny, but that's what our churches are doing to generations of children. And there comes a point where the children go, I don't want to be at the adult table anymore. So I'm going to go find somewhere else. I'm just going to stop showing up. It's awesome that we have a great children's ministry. It's awesome that we have a wonderful place where our young people can come and they can be ministered to with the Lord or not. I don't actually know. Um, but, you know, they can go and they have science experiments and cool things happen and warm, loving Christian adults share the gospel with them. But that doesn't teach them about being the church. You teach them about being the church. You know what? You know what? Here's a step. Learn the names of the children. Learn the names of the children in this room and use them when they're not messing up. Not, Johnny, you're making too much noise. Johnny, stop running around. Johnny, you don't need 47 packets of chocolate in your hot chocolate this morning. It's not hot chocolate, it's mud, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny, it's good to see you this morning. Johnny, I understand you had a soccer game. Johnny, happy birthday! Happy birthday. Put your face in their heads just as theirs is in yours and help them to start to recognize there are adult people in this church who know them, who care about them. People to whom they matter. That they're not related to. People who don't have to like them because they share blood. 
but people who like them because they share spirit. You know what? You're, you're ready for, for intermediate? Find out what the kids are into and support it. Johnny, I really had a great time at your soccer game last night. That, that was a great goal you scored. That was a great shot you saved. Johnny, I had a wonderful time at your school choir concert last night. Okay, big step. This is advanced. Johnny, can I take you out for lunch? Johnny, there's a group of guys I get together with. We do some goofing around. You, you want to come? You want to come hang out? And, and I get it. I understand not every adult venue is going to be proper for every young person. But you know what? If you're in a life group, maybe start to view the older youth that might show up as members and not childcare. Because if we want our young people to grow up in a strong faith, in a faith that is prepared for the ugly, yucky stuff of life, they're not going to get it here. Because this is too abstract. They are going to get it from you. They are going to get it from you and your friends and seeing you going through the hard stuff of life. And again, I know not every instance is appropriate, but there will be instances when you're going through something and just having a youth, a young person sitting back, looking at you, seeing you go through the storms of life with the love and grace and mercy of God and going, you know what? Maybe God matters. Maybe God impacts life. Maybe I can have faith like that someday. That's how we stop losing our children. It's on us. We can't say the world is stealing the future of the church. We have to acknowledge that the church is letting go of the future of the church. And for the most part, there's relatively little, I think, that the church, Big C, can do about that. Because I don't know when the end comes, but I know in the lead up to the end, however long that may take, the diminishing of the church, the dying of the church, the dying of the church's people is assured, it's foretold. The, the power and the influence of the church in our society is going to weaken. It's going to lessen. And, and if, if you're sitting here looking for something that's going to turn us to those bygone days of church glory, it's, it's not going to happen. We're not going to get that back. But we, we, church, little seed, 
We, us here now, we, me, and you, and us as adults, who know the impact God can have in our lives, who look at the faces we saw this morning and go, I don't want to see a single one of them going through adult life and all the horrors and trauma and pain of adult life and not have Jesus Christ in their life, we can start to do something about that now. And by we, I mean me and you and you and you. They don't know how to get there. We have to show them. You have to show them. Because if you don't want them, somebody will. Close your eyes and be down for her. I'm going to close this with this prayer and then the team's going to come and we're going to sing one more song. We'll have a couple of brief announcements after that. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for these children, these young people, these, these ones who have some semblance of a childlike faith and a childlike understanding of who you are and what you do. These who need some adult to come and say, let, let me teach you. Let me lead you. Let me show you what life with Jesus looks like. And Father, I pray you would create in each one of us a, a burning passion in our hearts to step up and to be the one. Even, even in the smallest ways, to know a face, to know a name, to know a birthday. And Father, if, if we don't have that passion burning in us, Father, I pray you would lay heavily upon us the conviction of your Holy Spirit until we do. Father, help us to lay hold of the idea that we should let the little children come unto you and fill us with the need to be the one who leads them there. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. And may you go from this place, even before leaving this place, filled with a commitment to lead the children. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.